you would turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The scripture reading that was just read for us talked about the the body that we are all part of and how each part of the body helps contribute to the growth of the body, the building up of itself. That's also what we read about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as we talk about the, the body of Christ and the fact that it is made up of many different members and each of these parts of the body has a function and has a role to play and each one of these parts is important. As we recognize this, it should lead us to to value our brethren and the ones that we are bound together with in the church, but also at the same time, it should lead us to recognize our own value in the church. Sometimes we have a tendency to miss one of those points. We either think that, well, we are just not all that important to the function of the church, or we look down at others and say, well, they are not all that important in the function of the church. Or it could be that there may be times where we do both of those. Paul addresses that in our text here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that every part of the body is important. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. And we're going to be looking at really verses 12 through 27. We won't take time right now to read through the whole thing straight through. But as we go through this, we're going to be breaking it up into pieces and read this in sections as we look and see what Paul says about the body and the members that make up the different parts of it. So the first thing we see here in this passage is that there is one entrance into the body. Look at what he says in verses 12 and 13. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one Spirit. When he talks about here the body that we are all part of this body, we enter into this body, he is talking about the church. Paul would describe this in Ephesians 1, verses 22 and 23. Jesus is the head of the body, which is his church. This is the same type of language that Paul is using here when he talks about the body that we are a part of, and it functions in a lot of ways like our physical bodies. That we have a body, that, that our body is one, and verse 20 says, it has many members, and we have different parts of the body. We have hands, and we have feet, and we have arms and legs, and we have a head, and we have all these different parts of the body that we have. They're different, but they're all connected to the same body. They all function together. He says there in verse 12, so also is Christ, and his body functions the same way. Well, you have one body then, well, how do we enter into that body? That's how he begins this section here, that we recognize that we are one body. But he says that in verse 13, by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. This body that is the church, our entrance into the church is through the waters of baptism. That's why we have over in Acts chapter 2 when the church was first established you have Peter preaching the gospel there and telling the telling the crowd the people who are listening to him in verse 38, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 it says, so then those who received his word were baptized. 
In that day there were added about 3,000 souls. And verse 47 says that God was adding day by day to their number, to the church, those who were being saved. They received the word, they were baptized, God added them to that number, added them to the church. And then it says here in, in verse 13, we're baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, it doesn't matter what our background is, it doesn't matter what our family history is, it doesn't matter where we came from. He says we are all made to drink of one spirit. We read just quickly Acts 2 and verse 38. You repent and be baptized. You'll receive the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this in our Bible study in the book of Acts that this promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit is not miraculous gifts. Those were imparted by the laying on the apostles' hands. But rather this is tied to that what is said right before that, the forgiveness of sins. That because we are forgiven of sins, we can now have fellowship with God. That's what that gift of the Spirit is. And that's why he says in verse 13 here, we're all baptized in one body and we're all made to drink of one Spirit. This idea of closeness and fellowship and communion that we have together. And he says it does not matter if we're Jews or Greeks or slaves or free. Paul would make the same point over in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 where he says in Galatians 3.26, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Then he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. We have hope, we have the same promise, we all have that in common. Because we are all part of this body. And we are part of this body because we have been baptized into Christ and God has added us to this body. So we are all in this body, this church that he's talking about here. And then he's going to talk about how we all have an essential part in this body. Notice what he says in verse 14. It says of back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, is it not for this reason any the less a part of the body? If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, is it for this reason any the less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? So he talks about, again, using this illustration of the human body, a somewhat ridiculous description. We words it this way, it shows the absurdity of this idea that the foot says, well, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body. He says, is it for this reason, because it's not a hand? Does that mean it's really not part of the body? It's still part of the body. It still plays an important role. It's still does the function of a foot, or if the ear says, well, I'm not an eye, so I'm not a part of the body, you think about how ridiculous that is. We think about how important our feet are and how important our ears are. Those are the ones that are saying, well, you know, we're not hands and we're not eyes, and so we're not really all that important. We are sometimes tempted to think that we are not an important part of the body. We are sometimes like those parts of the body that he's describing there that, well, 
it, what I do really doesn't contribute that much, or what I do really isn't that important. If we start to think that we are not, or the part that we play in the body, that we are not that important, then eventually we might begin to think, well, we just are not, you know, we're not needed at all. That the foot says, well, I'm just not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. It doesn't matter if I'm here or not here. And then it's very easy to drift away. And I think a lot of people, Christians, one of the reasons they drift away from the church is because they don't think that they're needed in the church. They don't think they have... They don't think they are able to contribute to the work of the church. That's not going to be in every case, but I think some are led to believe that, well, you know, what I do is really not all that important. Paul explains here that every part of the body is essential. It does not matter if it's an eye or an ear or a hand or a foot. Every part of the body is essential. And as Christians who make up the body, and even us together here in a local church, all of us here have an important part to play. There are obviously certain things that all of us do. We all have a responsibility to study the Word of God. We all have a responsibility to assemble when, when times like this come and we, and we assemble with the church and worship. We all have a responsibility to, to our ability to teach others, to lead others to the truth, to be an encouragement to our brethren. We all have those, those things that we are all responsible to do. But there are also certain things that each of us are uniquely capable of doing or equipped to do. And this could be due to, you know, the time that we have or the skills that we have, the tools that we have at, at our disposal. That if you have someone who is, maybe you have a a widow who needs someone to help and care for them and, and do something for them, Generally speaking, if you have a, a woman who's retired and is older, she might be better able to do that than a young mother with children who is who is having to care for them. That both of them have a role to play, have a part to play, but maybe we have more time. The sermons that we that are presented here, whether I'm preaching or someone else is preaching, we record these sermons and we put them on the website. Well, if someone's going to put them on the website, generally speaking, they have to have a computer. So you have to have certain tools at your disposal to do that. If someone's going to work on the building, well, you want someone who is skilled at doing that in order to work on fixing things in the building or things that might need to be done. There are different things that each of us can do that maybe not everyone else can do. That We all have different roles and different functions, different parts that we can play, and all have something that we can contribute. Remember the, the parable of the talents back in Matthew chapter 25. And for the sake of time, we won't read through all of that. But in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, you have the parable of the talents where you have the master giving three of his servants different amounts of money. They're called talents, but they're amounts of money to care for them and to work with them and to bring a return back to him while he is away from them. One was given five talents, another was given two talents, another was given one talent. And each servant was entrusted with that money to use on behalf of the master. Two of them, they went out and they used that and they brought back a return. The one with five came back with ten, the one with two came back with four. They, they both doubled what their master had given them. 
And they were both praised for that. It didn't matter that, well, this first one, he brought back five more. The second one, you only brought back two more, so what you did is not really all that great. No, he, he was faithful in what he did. And the one who was rebuked, or the one that was condemned, was the one who had the one talent. He was not rebuked for having one talent. He was rebuked because he did not do anything with what he had. We all have different abilities, we have different resources, we have different opportunities and things that are before us. And so whatever that might be, whatever resources and abilities and opportunities that we have, we need to use those to help carry out the Lord's work. Not think that, well, you know, I'm not like that five-talent person, or even maybe we're the one-talent person. Well, I'm not like that two-talent man over there, and so I can't do what he does. And so what I do is not important. Or going back to 1 Corinthians 12, you know, I'm a foot, but I'm not a hand, so I'm not important. No, everyone is important. Everyone has a role to play in the church. And so we should not be tempted to think, and this is exactly what Satan wants us to do, to think that we're not important in the church. Because then we stop working in the church then we drift away from the church and eventually we're just go back into the world as we were before. We need to recognize that each one of us is important in the function of the church. But then the next part of this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 is that Paul explains that while you are important to the work of the church, remember that others are also important in the work of the church. Over in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 20, it says, But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So on one hand, we're sometimes tempted to think that, that well, we are not important. But at the same time, on the other hand, we might think that, well, Yes, I can see that I, I have something to contribute, but maybe these other ones over here, maybe, well, I don't know what, you know, how important they are. And uh, as he explains here, the eye says to the hand or the head to the feet that, well, we don't, we don't need you. You're not important. You're not, and we think, again, how ridiculous that sounds. Just as it was ridiculous to say, well, the foot says I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body. Well, of course you're part of the body. Well, the same way that the... the I can't say to the hand, well, I don't need you. Of course you, of course, that hand is needed. Of course every part of the body is needed. But just as we might think, well, if I don't think I'm important, then it really doesn't matter if I'm here or not, and it's very easy to drift away. If we act as if others are not important, and we end up discouraging them in that way, it's very easy for them to drift away as well. Again, as we talked about, every part of the body is different, but each one is essential to the function of the body. And he mentions here this idea of 
the more presentable members or the ones that are less presentable or the more prominent piece, parts of the body that it's very easy for for someone like myself who is standing up and presenting the lesson it's very easy for someone to come up afterwards and say well, we appreciate the lesson that you preached and I regularly receive comments and I appreciate those it's very easy for for people to see that and say well we you know we appreciate the lesson that you put together but there are also other things that other people are doing that maybe aren't as public or aren't as easy to see and maybe we're doing things or you're doing things that other people just don't know about and so you don't have the ones coming up saying well we appreciate you're doing this or we appreciate that and uh, and all of this but there are things that are done whether it's in cleaning and maintaining the building whether it's checking on people who are not here and encouraging them and and doing different things like that there are things that are done in the work of the church that are not really broadcast and we might know who who is involved in these things but it's not the same level of of publicly viewable actions that are being done but those are still just as important in the function of the church and the work of the church those contributions are just as necessary and we need to recognize the that each one has a has an important role to play everyone here is important whatever way we are contributing which should lead us not only does it say in verse 25 that there be no division in the body that we don't want the body divided thinking that well these people are important so we're going to pay attention to them but everyone else is not important we don't want to do that then you end up dividing the body but also he says in verse 25 <clears throat> that the members may have the same care for one another if one member suffers another member suffers with it that each one if each one is important if each one is a is a necessary part of the body then each one is should be cared for and each one should be helped when they are in need of help not think that well that person doesn't really have much to contribute anyway so it doesn't really matter if we help them or or assist them no if one member suffers all the members suffer with it we're all in this where we are trying to help one another and trying to encourage one another and build up one another we all part of this body so there's not we have some who are important and some who are unimportant and therefore some who are cared for and some who are not every part of the body is important everyone who is who makes up the Lord's church is a valuable part of that church but one of the applications of this because again he talks about here that there are some some members that that seem to be or it says that in verse 23 we deem to be less honorable or the ones in verse 22 seem to be weaker this is all about perception this is not about what their actual value is but how we are tempted to perceive the value of each one or or how we regard them well all of them are important and again the body is functioning together if we get to the point where we have the work that the church is doing and the work that God has given the church to do but we're going to say that well only those members who we deem as important that we deem as as the ones who are who are worthy of regard that we're going to give them this work and we're not going to to involve anyone else and not 
not bring anyone else along. We have to we have to share in the work together. The Lord's church as it's as he designed it is not made for one person or even one small group of people that they all do everything and then there's nothing else for anyone to do. There may be and again this goes back to this idea of what we see that there may be certain ones who lead in worship services or something like that or certain ones who might teach or preach and maybe not everyone does that but everyone is able to contribute to the work of the church not think that well no we can't have anyone else involved only those ones who maybe also are leading in worship that they're going to be involved in this work well there are other things that others can do and other things that that they need to do Remember in Exodus chapter 18 where Moses' father-in-law, he counseled him and, and said that you had the people coming to you all day, every day, and, and bringing all their problems to you. And he said that you were going to wear yourself out if you do everything. You cannot take care of all of these responsibilities. You need to appoint people to help you, appoint people who are able to, to judge the smaller matters, and then you can judge the, the larger matters. But you need to bring others along. We've studied in Acts chapter 8, or excuse me, Acts chapter 6, when there was a problem in the church and some of the widows were being neglected. The apostle says, you need to look out among yourselves and appoint seven men to take care of this. Well, why couldn't the apostles do that? Well, they may have been capable of doing that. But they said, well, it's not fitting for us to neglect the word of God in order to take on this work. They could have done that. They were capable of doing that, and surely they cared enough about those widows that they would want to help them. But we need to put someone else in charge of this because we have this work that we're doing. We need to bring someone else and have them be involved in this work. When we think about the work that the church is doing, there are things that all of us can be doing. And sometimes it's it's hard to find or hard to to arrange the work and, and do all these things, but that's the challenge for us to do is to try to get everyone involved in the work of the church. And as we do that, and we see that everyone is valuable and everyone is important, then that makes it all the you know easier for us to look at one another and in verse 25, have the same care for one another, that we are concerned for one another, we help one another, which goes back to what Paul says, or what Paul says over in Romans chapter 12 and the attitude that we are to have towards others because we are all part of the same body. We're all functioning together. We're all working together. He says in Romans 12 and verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor. In verse 13 it says contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Verse 16 be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Recognize that each one is valuable. Each one is important. Each one has something to contribute because we are all part of the same body. And then the last verse that we're going to look at in this section, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27. He says, Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. After talking about that we are all part of this body, we are all joined together regardless of our background, we have this one entrance into the body, we're baptized into the body of Christ, we're now part of His church. That means 
each one of us is important. We should not look at ourselves and think, well, what I do is not important, and then I'm not, I'm not necessary. But also we don't look at others and say, well, that person over there or this group over here, they don't really, you know, they're not really all that important to the function of the church, so we don't need them. We don't look at, we don't do either of those things. But in all of this, we need to remember this point here. It says, he doesn't just say you are a body. It says you are Christ's body. You belong to him. Which means that in our work together, in our caring for one another, in our fun- as we function together, we're not just doing what we think and and what we believe is is best and what we decide and and we're going to do those things. No, we are looking at what his will is and what he desires us to do. Over in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23, Paul said the husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body, but as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. You have the church and you have Christ. You have that relationship together. Well, Christ is the head of the church. And what that means then as the church is to follow the will of Christ, is to be subject to Christ. We are Christ's body. He is the head of the church. And so as we function together, we're not doing this that whatever the majority of us think is right or whatever we mutually decide to do, then as long as we mutually agree to it, then that's good and that's what we do. No, we are doing things that honor Him. Everything we do in word or deed must be done in the name of the Lord, Colossians 3.17 says. So we function as a body. We are all contributing, we're all working, we're recognizing the, the contributions of others. We are all helping one another and caring for one another. But it is all in this vein that we are Christ's body. And so we are doing His will in all things. So as we think about the church and the body that we are a part of, each one of us who are Christians, we are part of this body. And because we are part of this body, God has put us in this body. We have an important role to play. We are not any one of us. None of us are unimportant. Everyone has something that we can contribute to the Lord's work. And the same is true for everyone else. Everyone else has something they can contribute to the Lord's work. We should not think that they are unimportant or that we cannot give any work to them or entrust any work to them. Everyone is important. But ultimately, all of this is for the purpose of pleasing the Lord and doing His will. Because again, We are part of His body. So as Christians, we need to be functioning as part of His body. But perhaps you're here and you're not a Christian. And you're not part of this body. Well, we talked about, going back to Acts 2, how it relates to what he said in verses 12 and 13 of this chapter, that those who are not in the body, they have one entrance into the body. And that is by being baptized into Christ. And when we are baptized into Christ after believing in Him and repenting of our sins and confessing our faith, we're baptized into Christ, our sins are washed away, and God adds us to the church, adds us to this body. And then we can work together with our brethren who are part of that body. So if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, we would encourage you to become one. Or if you are here and are a Christian, but you realize as you look at yourself, that, well, I haven't been 
contributing as I should, I haven't been functioning as I should, or maybe I've been living as if I'm not part of the body, as if I'm just in the world, and you need to make changes, you need to repent, we would encourage you to do that. Repent and pray to God and ask Him for forgiveness. But if we can help you in any way, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing.